Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Wow, it's 2021 and off we go. It's January. There's lots happening. Um, And the year ahead is really something that everyone's excited about, but there's a lot of uncertainty. But in the meantime, we have NCIA members here to share information and keep us going. So in this episode, we're going to be talking with Nick Tennant, the founder of Precision Extraction Solutions, which is a group of passionate and innovative cannabis enthusiasts dedicated to preserving the legacy of one of the world's most relevant extraction equipment and technology companies. Nick Tennant is the founder and CTO of Precision Extraction Solutions, the global leader in cannabis extraction equipment, technology, site planning, compliance, and training. Nick's a cannabis entrepreneur with almost two decades of experience developing and operating companies in the cannabis industry. His work has been featured in hundreds of publications, and his expertise is in cannabis and hemp extraction, code regulation, lab design, extract product and process development, and extraction equipment engineering. Welcome to the show today, Nick. No, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Absolutely. So let's start by getting to know you a little bit more, learning about your background. Um, sounds like you've been doing cannabis industry work for a while. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear more about that and what you did what you did before getting involved in cannabis. Certainly. So I guess uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, I, I kind of came out of school, high school, that is, just knowing I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, I knew that I wanted to build something and and really didn't have any motivation to work for anybody else. And it really crafted <laughs> me to um, 
start my first business when I was 17 and I ran those businesses those were automotive uh, restoration and uh, automotive services businesses up until I was about 21, 22, uh, at which point I had some family uh, in California and Colorado and started to look at the cannabis industry, was traveling back and forth a little bit. And obviously in 2008 here in Michigan, uh, which was obviously now about uh, what, 13 years ago, we passed our law for medical cannabis in Michigan, which is my home state. And that's when I really started to dive super deep into it. I was actually the 40th person to get licensed. So from there, we did commercial growing, we did retail, we did consulting, we did analytical laboratory, uh, you name it. And we've, we've operated or I've operated in that niche and have a, a pretty good understanding about that niche of the cannabis industry. About seven years ago, we ended up um, looking at extraction as a whole and looking at the parallels to other industries, meaning food and flavorings and aromas and all these other sorts of industries that had ex extract-based products in them. And we really saw a huge opportunity for cannabis extracts to take over a large portion of the market, which since then, uh, I guess we've been pretty, pretty good in terms of our prediction. And, you know, cannabis extracts now occupy about 50% of all retail sales. And so it's been a wild road and we've, uh, we've done well. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that was some great foresight into, into the extraction uh, side of the industry. I mean, I've been, I've been smoking cannabis since about the year 2000 uh, when I was a freshman in college <laughs> and, you know, for 15 or more years, it was just put flour in a little pipe and spark your lighter and smoke it. Um, I really didn't get an opportunity to learn and experience extractions until moving to Colorado in 2014 uh, when adult use legal sales um, went into effect here thanks to Amendment 64 and I started working for NCIA. So that opened up a whole new world to me to vape pens, um, which back then, uh, you know, there were other issues that we'll get into later about what was extracted. Um, but I also wanted to mention being from Michigan, I think a lot of people don't realize how big of a state Michigan is. Um, and, you know, NCIA staff, when, when Michigan had, um, had the bill to legalize for adult use, we were looking at that like that's a big deal. That is a huge state. It's it's up there with you know the top five populations. <laughs> Let's not forget about Upper Michigan, right? Uh, I have family on my father's side of the family in Upper Michigan. He's a Uper. <laughs> what part of Michigan were you? Oh yeah, yeah, Met Metro Detroit. But yeah, your your comments, uh, you know, about the overall just momentum of the Michigan market are. Uh, well-placed because, you know, we, we're somewhere between 10 and 11 million people. But what's unique about Michigan is our our people have been growing for a very long time. Again, about uh, over a decade at this point, you had a very robust caregiver system uh, mm -hmm. that really catalyzed this market. And you also have a very high consumption rate. You know, a lot of people in Michigan uh, consume cannabis. So it's some key differentiating factors that uh, when you look at some of the data from BDS and so forth, uh, they're looking that this market is going to be driven to about a $3 billion overall market opportunity uh, in just this state alone. So that's uh, absolutely huge to have in our backyard. Absolutely. Great. So 
Real quick, I, I wonder if, you know, was this just a, was this part of a culture that you were happy to support or is, it, you know, was this a, a business opportunity? Some people just have a, a real personal reason for why they get involved in cannabis um, in addition to it being an exciting new industry. Yeah, so my reasons are not so much personal. Um, it was it was more of a a business opportunity for me. But some of my very closest friends growing up, um, you know, were very very close to cannabis for a number of reasons. I had one of my best friends had a disabled brother, and uh, he had been using cannabis for epilepsy and so forth for a long period of time. And he's actually one of the people that taught me a lot about what I know in the, in the cannabis industry and one of my first business partners also. So, uh, you know, the people that were near to me had, you know, causes that were very close to them. For me, I saw uh, the ability to build a business in a new industry that was uncharted territory that represented a substantial market and industry opportunity and uh, ran after it. And since then, uh, I think that it's, it's been a great return on my time in a great direction that overall my life has taken. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so here we are in 2021. And you're currently the founder and chief technology officer at Precision Extraction Solutions. Um, uh, I think you said the company's based in Michigan also, but tell me more about what's going on today with the company and, and what you're looking forward to in the in the future here. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, we've grown our company over the last five years to represent what I would argue would be the best client list in the industry. Um, you know, if, if, if somebody has a big brand, they are likely a client of ours. We'll just put it that way to make it simple. <laughs> what we really try to do at Precision is we really try to understand where the technology is heading, uh, where the consumer trends are heading how we're going to take these individual molecules from the cannabis plant, isolate them, and create new and better products for consumers. Uh, also, what we're really looking at is uh, pharmaceutical aspects of the business and how are we isolating these uh, individual molecules of the plant, recombining them to make stable pharmaceutical medicines and working with some pharmaceutical partners. And there's actually 152 active clinical trials right now from pharma companies. So I think what you're going to see is a large, large push towards using these compounds found in the cannabis plant to treat, prevent, and cure a lot of human disease and condition. So when we look at our business overall, part of it is doing well and doing good, but really understanding where the future of cannabis is headed and how we're extracting and isolating these molecules and how we're correspondingly creating the right technologies to be ahead of the trend. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. There's uh, a lot of excellent technology uh, coming into the cannabis industry that I, I miss seeing on the expo floors. I just, I miss walking around and checking out the extraction equipment and various pieces of technology. So Look forward to getting back to that. In the meantime, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and chat more about extraction. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. 
celebrate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. And I'm chatting with one of our members, Nick Tennant, from Precision Extraction Solutions. Uh, So I mentioned before... um, extraction as a method of consuming cannabis versus smoking the green flower out of out of a glass bowl or a pipe or a rolled joint which i'm not very good at doing or (laughs) baked into edibles which i'm getting really good at doing Um, extraction is kind of new in the grand scheme of cannabis consumption maybe the last 10 years or so um, but let's talk about why this this form of the product is is valuable and trending for consumers and and how it looks for the producers of these extraction products as well. Yeah, so I mean, there's so many aspects um, to extraction, but I'll, I guess I'll hit some of the key points here. So the, the first one is the repeatability and the, the, the replicable nature of an extract. So when we're talking about creating an edible, as you just kind of alluded to, you know, there's, it has to be a set THC dosage in each one of those edibles. We can't have it, you know, 300 milligrams one time and five milligrams the next and bouncing all over and having different cannabinoid profiles and so forth. So by molecularly isolating these molecules, be it Delta nine THC, or if it's a ratio of THC to CBD, or it has CBG in there, we want that that cannabinoid profile to be replicated through our product every single time. Right. And in order to do that, we need to isolate those molecules to a purified form where they're stable to be reinjected back into those products. So you see this a lot with, with edibles. You see a lot with um, items that need to be dosed, such as topical swabs, uh, transdermals, things like that. Uh, You also see it in the consistency and flavor profiling when they're reintroducing flavor profiling to like vape pens and things like that. So I think that the, the consistency is a big part of it. The second thing is just the sheer option of consumption that you can create. So whether it's live resin or sauce or butter or wax or whatever it is, uh, you can essentially purify the native essence of the plant. So we're, when we're extracting, we're not just taking the cannabinoids. Uh, oftentimes we're taking all of the terpenes, all of the flavors and smells of that plant and reconstituting them into a purified form. And what that does from a consumer standpoint, if you're actually smoking that, is you're bypassing a lot of the undesirable constituents of the plant that would be combusted, say, if you're smoking a joint or if you're smoking a bowl. So mainly Mm -hmm. some of those things would be like the chlorophylls and the cellular structure of the plant, right? We don't want to smoke those 
uh, necessarily, right? They're, they ha- they put off a uh, adulterated taste, adulterated smell, flavor, uh, byproduct that's undesirable is really mm-hmm. the best way that we can categorize that. So by creating these extractions, we can create all these different types of stable products that have better flavor profiles that are more um, desirable to consume. And I think that's why you're seeing the breakdown between flour and concentrate at a 50-50 ratio in the retail market right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, in addition to less, you know, uh, scent around the person smoking because the vapor has significantly less odor. It's also just quite discreet, <laughs> to be honest. It's nice. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's excellent. I mean, as as great as vaping in, I, I I would be it would be I would be remiss to not mention the vaping crisis from gosh how long ago was that a year or so ago, where yep. the the unregulated products were making it out to the market, making people sick. Um, would you say that's an anomaly? And how how did that impact vape sales during that time? And you know, I, it makes me think about, did it o- affect overall popularity of the product? And more importantly, how we can prevent a situation like this, aside from demanding regulated lab-tested products. Yeah. So there's a, a big um, world that we can jump into here, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. So Starting with, you know, what caused the vape crisis, obviously you have a lot of unregulated production in the cannabis space, meaning people can combine uh, different constituents, whether it's vitamin E acetate or polyethylene glycol or all of these cutting agents with the actual cannabinoids that have been extracted and then put them in a vape pen and put them on the shelf. And uh, when you look at other industries like supplement manufacturing or pharmaceutical, that's absolutely not the case. You can't do that. Uh, it has to be tested. It has to be put through uh, what's called CGMP, uh, current good manufacturing practices, mm-hmm. so that things are traceable. Uh, and we know that we're putting, or, or the industry or the manufacturer knows that they're putting a safe product onto the shelf. In addition to having the safe product onto the shelf, they're also um, actually testing these products. And if there is an issue, they can trace that all the way back down the production line through the CGMP process. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the CGMP and GMP process integrated into the cannabis industry rather rapidly over the next 12 to 24 months. And we already see states like Michigan putting uh, memorandums out through their marijuana regulatory agency uh, with GMP language in them. So I think this is going to be a a train that's going to come to the station faster than many uh, production outfits anticipate, uh, and therefore they should absolutely be prepared. And when we look at some of the historical issues that have caused um, these, whatever you want to call them, cross-contamination or health issues with the consumption of cannabis products, they would 100%, all of them would have been mitigated by having a GMP manufacturing standard in place for the production of cannabis products, the same way every other single supplement on the shelf, if you go buy vitamin C, it's the exact same standard, right? Which allows this traceability. It allows the audit of the facility. It makes sure that there's no cross-contamination. One of the big issues with the vape pens is Mm cross-contamination with the actual cartridge leaching into the oil that's in the cartridge and then that making people sick also. So again, mm-hmm. there's, there's methodologies to mitigate these. 
Sure, sure. And, and I think some of these issues, like I think the vitamin T, vitamin E acetate uh, issue from before, that came from not licensed, uh, not licensed manufacturers. These were truly illicit market and illicit market people do not use CGMPs typically. Um, they are the illicit market. So, but when we're talking about um, a cartridge, for example, you know, leaking or having that, like that, th that could happen in a licensed regulated facility as just a course of doing business, right? But again, you're saying putting extra care as a licensed regulated uh, business owner can prevent these, you know, well-intentioned uh, things from, from happening as well. Got it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. So, I mean, overall, uh, vaping and extraction is is super popular among consumers. It's convenient. It's discreet. It's compact. My boyfriend got me my own dab rig for Christmas finally, and you know, I've I've got it all balanced out with my vape pen. So, what else are you seeing with consumer trends and extraction along this vein? Yeah, sure. So we're seeing a big, big resurgence in water hash. So if you think about the typical, you know. A, a decade or more ago, in some cases back in the 70s, some people will remember a lot of like the Moroccan hashes and things like that. We're seeing a lot of the non-solvent-based extraction technologies huh. start to make a resurgence. And we're seeing a lot of these, again, uh, whether you want to call them legacy products or artisanal type products, these hash makers making these products and seeing a, a very large resurgence in that. And we think that that's a trend that'll continue. We also see a lot of trends surrounding uh, the hydrocarbon side. The hydrocarbon side, you know, hydrocarbon from a solvent standpoint is one of the best solvents to use because it, it chemically extracts all of the desirables from the plant and leaves behind almost all of the undesirables. And it allows us to create a very native purified extract that is uh, really a good representative concentrated sample of the actual essence of the flower that's coming off of the plant. So we see those two trends continuing to rise and take market share within the extraction space. Gotcha. Thanks for the insight there, for sure. Let's take our last commercial break and then come back and wrap up our chat with Nick from Precision Extraction Solutions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, wrapping up our chat with Nick Tennant from Precision Extraction Solutions. And I was mentioning earlier in the show how much I really miss walking the expo floor of our trade shows. Uh, COVID-19 has been going on for about 10 months now. Um, We are really hoping to have in-person events again as as the trade association that represents the legal regulated industry. At this stage in August of 2021, we we are planning to host two events. Um, Hopefully our seventh annual, what would have been last year, (laughs) Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, our bigger show, Also, uh, a Midwest Cannabis Business Conference as well in Detroit. Um, We're really, really crossing our fingers about getting those vaccines out there, getting back out there into networking events, our our regional networking events, the Cannabis Caucuses and Industry Socials. Those were a lot of of fun as well. Um, In the meantime, we've been hosting a lot of online webinars every single week, uh, some of which are complimentary for NCIA members, some are exclusive for NCIA members as well, so be sure to head to thecannabisindustry.org to check out more info about that. Um, Nick, I, I know you've you've probably walked our expo floors in the past and, and probably feel the same way I do, that we just kind of can't wait to get back there and uh, interact with, with our fellow industry professionals. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's, we've not done as poorly as obviously many businesses during the pandemic, we've actually done quite well. Uh, and my heart goes out to those small businesses that have been kind of lost in this mix, but it has been a substantial challenge to, uh, facilitate our business when we, when we are limited on the face-to-face time with our clients. It's a very intimate Mm -hmm. relationship that we have with our clients. And I'm very much looking forward, uh, to the world going back to normal. Right. Absolutely. So, do you have any predictions for how the rest of this year is going to go? I know these first couple of weeks here are <laughs> probably not uh, creating the kind of environment where we feel confident about the future in any way, shape or form. But as far as the cannabis industry goes, uh, is, is there anything in your foresight about what, what you expect to see between now and the end of the year? And maybe as, as this new 117th Congress uh, takes their seats? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as it stands right now, we have a, uh, a Democrat-dominated uh, Congress, and what that really is going to catalyze is a rapid path to legalization. Uh, I think that federal mm-hmm. legalization is is looming at this point, and uh, we'll have to put some more construct around when that timeline might be. Uh, obviously, it takes some time to implement things like that, but that's a distinct possibility in the next 24 months that that may happen. Uh, and in light of that, I think there's a lot of investors that share that same sentiment. Mm-hmm. And what we're really seeing is we're seeing a lot of investment activity heating up, whether it's through SPACs or through uh, private equity. Uh, we're seeing massive inflows not unlike you know how we saw in Canada a couple of years ago, coming into the cannabis space. So I think that now more than ever 
is an excellent time to be in the cannabis industry. Uh, you know, we, we absolutely have an industry that's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to be looked upon favor, favorably by uh, the lawmakers, at least at this point. And I think it represents nothing but a robust opportunity going forward. 100%. Yeah, I think we we made some great progress. Our, our government relations team works works very hard on behalf of the industry year round, even during a pandemic. Michael Correa, Michelle Rudder, Maddie Grant are in, are in DC still, still uh, advocating for our industry, um, just virtually more emails and phone calls, less in-person meetings on the Hill. Uh, and I do want to quickly thank uh, Forefront Ventures and Greenbridge Corporate Council for becoming diversity, equity, and inclusion program sponsors with NCIA. Our DEI program has given over 100 scholarships to social equity applicants in the cannabis industry, giving them a first free complimentary annual membership to NCIA to help them as they're starting their business. Uh, so thanks to those two companies, Forefront and Greenbridge, for your sponsorship. And if you're interested, any listeners, in joining those companies in becoming a sponsor of our diversity, equity, and inclusion program, please head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org, to learn more information. Nick, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today, and hopefully I, I get to see you on an expo floor or in a hotel lobby bar somewhere in some city across the U.S. and say hello to you in person, maybe from six feet apart, but hopefully sometime in 2021. In the meantime, uh, where can people find out more about Precision Extraction Solutions? Sure, they can go to precisionextraction.com. Uh, we've got a great YouTube page. It's got several hundred hours of video of me talking about uh, various topics in the extraction industry. So I think it's an excellent resource. And they can also give us a call at 855-420-0020. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.